humility. It's always good that uh, humility is something that we decide to do, that we walk in, instead of allowing circumstances to humble us. In other words, I would rather bow my knees before the Lord our God instead of uh, being proud and having circumstances break my knees. So we need to come before the Lord our God this day, and uh, as we've heard in the scriptures today, we find that our God who is awesome, our God who is mighty, our God who is the source of everything, He's not somewhat easily impressed by our accomplishments. When we begin to think about it, what have we accomplished without the blessing of God? What have we accomplished without the skills and the talents that God has given to us? You understand what I'm saying? So we need to understand anything. If we ever begin to succeed in anything or if we get ahead over anything, it's because of the favor of God. It's because of the blessing of God. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says, the blessing of the Lord will make you rich. Okay? He will put the blessing upon everything that you put your hands to. And so, praise be to God, when we begin to realize that there's nothing we have that God did not give, then we cannot be proud. We cannot try to impress the Lord our God, but rather all we can do is uh, obey Him and walk with a humble attitude before Him. Which brings me to our lesson today. In the presence of God, walk with a heart that is bowed down. In the presence of God, walk with a heart that is bowed down. You might be walking erect physically, but make sure your heart is bowed down before the Lord. Because the Lord looks at our hearts. Amen. Uh, there are many things that uh, give us satisfaction in life. Okay? If we do something and it succeeds, it gives us satisfaction, right? If there's something that you plan, uh, like the movie says, uh, I like it when a plan uh, works or, or is worked out or is manifested or executed well. Yeah, it makes you feel good. And when you are recognized for your so-called achievements and accomplishments, when you receive certificates and recognition and trophies and doctor's degrees, it feels good. Amen? Yes. I mean, I'd rather be complimented than insulted. How about you? Is it the same with you? Yes. Yeah, it feels good. And it can make us walk a little straighter, our shoulders back. It might be able to tilt our heads back. But even though physically we're doing that, always understand that all of these things are the result of the favor and the blessing of God. We might walk a little straighter. Our shoulders might be laid back. But our hearts must always be bowed low before the Lord. It's the attitude of humility that the Lord is looking for in our lives. Remember, He is the source. He is the giver of life. He is the one who blesses us. Jesus Christ very clearly says in His Holy Gospel, Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hindi masama ang loob niya. Okay?
He does not give us the kingdom begrudgingly. He does not think, well, you know, I made a promise. I gotta keep my promise. No, that is never the attitude of the Lord our God. It's his desire to give us everything. Scripture says, if God our Father willingly gave us his only son, Jesus, how much more will he give the other things to us? Amen? Our God is a giver. He's good. He wants to bless us. He's not a God who holds things back from us. Scripture says he opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. He's the God with the open hand. Amen? So we need to see this, church. And when we begin to see that everything comes from God, well then, we can be thankful before Him. We can be happy at the things that we're experiencing. But praise be to God, always recognize it's not because of who you are, because it's because of who He is and because you belong to Him. Amen? Okay, let's go to the Holy Scriptures today and in our Gospel today. Okay, two things I'd like to share with you from verse 9 through verse 12. Basically, this principle we should always remember. Do not try to impress God with your achievements. Do not try to impress God with your achievements. Okay? The second thing that I'd like to share with you Basically, it's in verse 13 to 14. Everyone who walks in humility is welcome in his presence. Everyone who walks in humility is welcome in his presence. Okay? Alright, let's go through uh, verse 9 to 12 first of our gospel. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despise others. Now, it says here, also he spoke this parable. In other words, he was connecting this to the first uh, parable that he talked about. Last week, we talked about the unrighteous judge. We talked about the widow who tried to get justice from the unrighteous judge. And even though the unrighteous judge was not disposed to give the widow the justice that she was asking for, okay? Yet, because of the perseverance of the widow, she was able to get what she desired. Amen? In other words, what is the story about? It's a story about persevering and not giving up. Okay? And God is saying, if the widow persisted and persevered, when the only one that she can ask from help for, okay, help from rather, was an unjust person who did not want to give to her. Why should we lose faith? Why should we lose patience? Why should we lose hope? Because when we are talking to God, we are not talking, making a request from an unjust judge. You understand what I'm saying? When we bring our supplication, when we bring our prayer, when we bring our petition, we're not coming to someone that we need to negotiate with. We're not coming to someone we need to convince, okay? We are coming to a Father who already loves us, okay? He's already pre 
disposed to give to us. He's inclined to hear and answer our every prayer. If that widow who did not have that could persevere, the only one that she could ask help from was an unjust, unkind judge. How much more should we persevere because we are coming to a God who's head over heels in love over us? Are you getting this? Okay? I mean, he's a God whose ears are inclined to our prayer. He's a God who's always watching over us. He's a God who's waiting for the slightest excuse just to bless us. Okay? So we should never ever lose hope in coming to God. So he's talking about perseverance. Okay? But then he says also that he talks about this parable. And again, he says this is a parable against those who thought of themselves uh, righteous. They thought they were superior than others. And they despised others. So he's talking also about humility before the Lord our God. So yes, come before God with perseverance. But understand the reason why you're going to get your answers to the prayer. It's not because you are entitled to it. Okay? It's not because you deserve it. Okay? It's not because God owes you that he has to do this for you. The reason why God is wanting to hear your prayer is because he already loves you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when you persevere, you don't persevere with a haughty attitude. You don't say, God, I didn't ask to be brought into the world. You brought me here, so you sustain me. Yeah, that thing doesn't work. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't throw a tantrum before God. Okay? Maybe in the beginning, because you don't know any better, and God has mercy on us, okay? But that approach doesn't really work. I remember when we were young in the Lord, this was uh, sometime in 80, what was it, Some, sometime in 83, okay? And my sister wanted something from the Lord, okay? So, yeah, we were kind of new in this. And something that she was requesting was not happening. And so one day she threw a tantrum before God. God, if you don't give this to me, I will never go to church again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And surprise, surprise, after one week, the answer she was looking for took place. So it kind of entered her mind, oh, this is what I need to do if I want to get answers to my prayer. So, okay, so as the weeks go by, as the months went by, we were kind of serving the Lord. And then after so many months, there was something she really, really wanted again. And it's taking a long time. So this time she decides, I'll throw another tantrum before God. God, if you don't give to me, I'll never open the Bible anymore. I'll never talk to you anymore. I'll never go to church anymore. And she waited for the answer. The answer never came. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, you know, with the guidance of our, of our leadership, we were taught, maybe in the beginning, God heard you. 
even when you threw a tantrum, because he has mercy on you. But from that time to this time, God is expecting you to learn the principles of coming before him. Ask and you shall receive. Okay? Go to the Father in the name of Jesus, and it shall be granted unto you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Go to the secret place where your Father is, and whenever you pray in secret, your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we were taught that you can't hold any grudges against anyone, you can't be angry against anyone, because that short slip that you pray. In the beginning, we didn't know that. And he says, it was not because you threw a tantrum that God heard your prayer. It was because of the mercy of God. You didn't know any better. How many of you have had babies? Do you take care of your babies when they throw tantrums in and they're young? You know, it's like, let's say they're not tired and suddenly they wake up and they cry. They disturb your sleep. And, you know, your knees get, you're tired, but they're crying, they're denied. I want some food, right? What do you do? Do you take the baby and throw it out the window? Be quiet! You don't do that, right? You give the baby food. The baby doesn't know any better. Do you understand what I'm saying? What if the baby uh, dirties his diapers? Do you spank the baby? You should have gone to the toilet. You, you can be put to jail for doing that. You understand what I'm saying? You don't do that, baby. It's the baby. It's the baby. It doesn't know any better. So maybe she, she does that. But because she's a baby, takes care of you have the baby anyway. You understand what I'm saying? It will be a different story if that baby's no longer a baby in fact it's 25 years old. You understand what I'm saying? You, you expect something more from someone like that. And it's the same thing with us. In the beginning, we might not know any better. The Father understands that. The Father overlooks that. But as time goes on, our Father expects us to learn from His Spirit, to learn from the Word of God, to learn and to start walking in the principles that we are learning. Amen? So it's not through a tantrum that you get results from God. It's when you begin to walk in the principles of God that you get things. Are you getting this? Okay? So let me just read this. Also he spoke a parable to some who trusted in themselves. But they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. So again he's talking about prayer. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like any other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Okay? Now take note what it says here. The Pharisee, the Pharisee represented someone who should know better when it comes to spiritual things. He's supposed to be a spiritual leader. Now, although the, the Lord identified 
this guy is a Pharisee. Not all Pharisees were like this, okay? But some had religious pride. Some had spiritual pride. And when they come to church, they look around and say, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. I'm glad I'm not like that guy. And things like that. It says, this Pharisee, he said, he addressed God. So we know he's wanting to talk to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, God. So we know that he's wanting to talk to God. He's trying to pray to God. But according to Jesus, heaven ignored him. He thought he was praying to God, but he was just talking to himself. He thought he was praying to God, but he was just praying to himself. Why? What kind of petition do we, we find here? There's no petition there. God, forgive me. There's nothing like that there. God, I need help in doing this. There's nothing like that there. But what do you find there? He's, uh, Lord, I'm glad. I don't know, like this extortionist, like this tax collector. When you start putting people down, when you start criticizing people, you need to understand something. You better be careful because God loves people. You understand what I'm saying? God loves people. All right? He might not approve of what they do, but He loves them. And Jesus Christ provided redemption for them, and he's going to give them time until they repent and do those things. Before that time, he's not going to judge. Today, you will meet Jesus as Savior. You will meet Jesus as healer. You will meet Jesus as shepherd. You will meet Jesus as provider. One day, when this age of grace comes to a close, and it will close, people will begin to know Jesus as the judge. Do you understand what I'm saying? But not yet. Not yet. Today is a time of grace. It's a time of goodness. A time of mercy. A time of compassion. A time of grace. Okay? And, you know, when you come before the Lord of God and you're much more successful than others, you need to understand it's not because of you. It's because of what God placed in you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's because of the blessing of the Lord. It's because of the favor of the Lord. And so when you start trying to impress God, aren't you glad God not like that guy? He's not impressed. Okay? Uh, and then he says, I fast twice a week. Wow, they were only required to fast during the time of atonement. But he's doing more than that. Is there anything wrong with fasting? Nothing's wrong with that. Is there anything wrong with fasting twice a week? If that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen? He says, I give tithes of everything that I have. Is there anything wrong with tithing? Nothing's wrong with tithing. Tithing expresses your faith that Jesus is your Lord. Because the tithe represents ownership and source. You're saying to God, you own everything, you own me. And the tithe represents the whole. In bringing the tithe to God, you're saying to God, you own everything and I'm giving you everything. It's like Adam. 
He was one man, but he represented the whole of mankind. When he sinned, everybody sinned. Are you getting this? And the tithe is a tenth. But although it's only 10%, it represents the whole. And when you give it to God, you're saying to God, you own me. You own everything. You own everything I have. And when you give that, you're giving everything to God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But then the tithe also understands that he is your source. You understand I could not get anywhere without the help of God. I could not get anywhere without the ability that God has given me. And so you bring it to him. Without you, I've never made it. Are you getting this? Okay? So basically, when he says, I'm giving tithes of everything, is there anything wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with that. Right? Nothing's wrong with this fasting. Nothing's wrong with this coming to church. Nothing is wrong with this fighting. What was wrong with his attitude? He was proud of what he has achieved. And he started comparing himself to somebody else. Well, it was easy for him to compare himself with a tax collector. Why doesn't he compare himself with another Pharisee? Maybe there's a Pharisee there who fasts three times a week. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe there's another Pharisee who knows more than he does. Maybe there's another Pharisee who's higher up in position than him. It's easy to compare yourself with someone who's down and out. Amen. So he's looking for people like that instead of helping people. And when he starts helping people like that, heaven will look at him. Okay? Because it's those things that count with God. You receive the best actor, the best actress of art, people will applaud you. Okay? Does that thing count with heaven? God is happy that you're using the talent he's given you. But that doesn't count much with him. Or you receive a trophy, you're the best CEO. Or you're one of the richest men in the world. Okay? Jesus and Bill Gates, but somebody, someone eclipsed him. I think it's the guy from Amazon. I'm not sure, I think it's only him. So, and, and he receives, he gets his pictures in the magazines. Okay? Or you start giving away part of your wealth in order to do this, and you get recognition from everyone. If you receive acclamation from the world because you're excellent in what you do, I'm not telling you to stop. Be good in what you do. Excel. But when people begin to applaud you, when people begin to compliment you, understand to whom you should direct the glory, it's you direct it to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? We need to see that church. But this person is boasting before God as if, I, I didn't do this with your grace, God. I just did it because I'm naturally good. <laughs> and according to the Holy Scriptures, according to Jesus, heaven was ignoring him. He wasn't praying to God. He was praying to himself. 
He wasn't talking to God. God, you know, God, I mean, he was shut down. Because he was boasting, he was trying to impress God. God is not impressed with us. You understand what I'm saying? What impresses him is when we have faith, when we choose to believe him. Like the woman, uh, who Jesus Christ said, uh, I can't give to the dogs. What is meant for the family? And the woman says, Well, Lord, uh, aren't dogs also considered part of the family? I'm willing to get the leftovers out of dogs here. Great is your faith, woman. Or like the centurion. The centurion says, Lord, uh, you don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is say the word. Scripture says Jesus was amazed. You understand what I'm saying? He was impressed. Faith impresses God. Love impresses God. St. Paul says, I can give all of my money to the poor. I can give my money, my, my body to be burned at a stake. But without love, I'm nothing. Jesus Christ mentions, if you give a cup of water to somebody in my name, you get points. You get heaven's notice. You get heaven's reward. Remember when we come here before God? We hear the command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with your, all your mind, and with all your strength. And love one another as yourself. It's what you do for God and it's what you do for each other that comes with God. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. I mean, I'm not saying for you to become the best dancer, the best athlete, the best this and the best that. And when the world begins to celebrate you, that's good. You're making use of your talents. But understand, when you receive the accolades of the world, redirect them to God. He's the one who made it possible for you. Are you getting this? Okay? So here he was. Think about it. He's a Pharisee. He's supposed to be a spiritual leader. He's supposed to be on God's side. But because he's, and he was doing something good. Fast twice a week, give tithes of all that I possess. Okay? The only thing that went wrong here is that he decided to boast before the Lord our God. And it says here, because of that, his prayer was ignored. He was talking to himself. He could be talking to God. You, you heard uh, the scripture that was spoken before the gospel was read. God blanks the proud. Fill in the blanks. God what? Resist the proud. You, you understand what that says? God resists the proud. If any man resists you, there's always the possibility that you will win because he's a man. Okay? But if God resists you, there is no hope of winning. You understand what I'm saying? Satan has been doing that for thousands of years. He's not winning. Okay? God resists the proud. When God created everything, he did not create us first. He created the angels there. 
Lucifer was with Michael, with Gabriel, and with the archangels. They were a band of brothers. You understand what I'm saying? They danced and worshipped before God. Lucifer was the leader. But then one day, Lucifer said, I'm going to put my flaw higher than God's. I'm going to be greater than me. Pride entered in. It ripped apart the relationship between the band and brothers of the archangels. Once brother in arms, and now they were enemies in the world. Yeah, we know, according to the scripture, when, when iniquity, when pride was found in, in, in uh, Lucifer's heart, he was cast out of heaven. Heaven is the third heaven. Okay? He operates only in the first and the second heaven. Space of heaven. Okay? But he was cast out immediately. That, that's him experiencing the resistance of God. According to the description of the prophets, he had jewels on him. Every kind of instrument was found in him. He, and according to uh, uh, the prophet, it says, the son, you were the son of perfection. He's more beautiful than the other archangels. Okay? And he was bright with the glory of God. But when he decided to come against God, he decided to become proud. When he decided that he could be his own man, he didn't need God, he experienced the resistance of God. And everything about him lost its glory, its glamour, and he became the prince of darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God resists you, there is not an iota of hope that you will ever, ever win. Never mind if it's a man. Never mind if it's the richest, the most powerful, the strongest, because that is a man. You can always have at least 1% chance of winning. But when you are resisted by God, Sorry, there is no hope against God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So we need to see this, church. This guy was impressed with himself. I mean, he believed his own publicity. I mean, he said to before God, God, aren't you glad you had me in your camp? <laughs> well, no, he was ignored. But then we go to the second part. Okay? Uh, when you walk in humility, heaven welcomes you. Uh, starting with verse 13, it says here, And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. And then he says, for everyone who exalts himself like the Pharisee, he will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
So here we, we find God saying this. Okay, this is Jesus telling this parable. I mean, imagine the Pharisee entering the temple. Imagine his attitude. He smiles. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be given attention to by God. Because I fast twice a week. I give all of my tithes. I'm not like that extortionist. I'm not like that tax collector. I'm not like that loser over there. Okay? So I deserve the attention of heaven. And he was ignored. And here comes the tax collector. You know the life of tax collector, right? He collects taxes from his fellow men for the Roman army that colonizes them. Okay? And let's say he has to collect 100 shekels. All of those 100, he gives that to Rome. How does he make money? He has to put something on top of that. He can say, he need to pay 200 taxes. Why 200? When he was only required to collect 100. 100 goes to Rome. Then some 100 goes to him. And some of them put more there. Your taxes are 250. 100 goes to Rome. 150 goes to him. And so that's the reason why many of uh, uh, the people, many of their Tababayans were in because they thought he was a traitor for doing that. Instead of helping his countrymen, he was making their lives worse, more miserable. That yeah. you know, when, when the tax collector is going this way, and there's a Jew coming this way, and he sees he's going to meet his people across the street and across the other way. His mind is, I don't want to breathe the same air as this tax collector. Okay? So this tax collector comes before God, and he realizes there's nothing he can give to God. There's no reason why God should, should accept him. Uh, why fast? No, I feast. Gluttonously. Okay? Uh, do I tithe? No, I take more than what is required. Okay? Have I had other people know? Sometimes I made life difficult for them because I took more than I should have. Okay? And he realizes that he has nothing. He has nothing with which to approach God. I mean, God should not even accept him. And he realizes that. And he says, God, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to be in your presence. There's only one hope that I have. Mercy. Oh God, I throw myself at your mercy. It's acknowledgement. That's all he needs. And you know what? God cannot resist the humble. You understand what I'm saying? He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay? And, and, and it says here, this man went home justified more than the other man. See, that's what we do when we come before the Lord our God. When we come before him, we hear the commandment. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then you realize, I didn't do this perfectly. Because for you to do it perfectly, you've got to do it in thought, in word, and in deed. Maybe you didn't criticize someone with your mouth, but then you criticize them from your heart. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe you didn't say anything bad about a person, but then you say something in your heart. And you realize, I didn't do this perfectly. I didn't love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I didn't love my neighbors, I love myself. Oh God, I have no right except by your mercy. And so we say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We realize the only reason why we can come before God is because of the mercy of God. You understand what I'm saying? Anything that we do, it's because the reason why we can come before the presence of God, because the blood of Jesus has cleared the way for us. He has cleansed us. Okay? And uh, those of you who went to the convocation, you you saw that I was given a particular thing, a what? Okay? It's uh, an honorary doctor's degree. And I remember when they were going to do that, uh, Bishop Maria asked me, did you know they were going to do that? Yeah. I already found out from the Patriots Council. I like it. And I remember when the, 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 the meeting for that day was over, I went to the paper and I said, Peter, there's something you need to know. Uh, you're going to give me that. Um, I didn't finish my college. Uh, in other words, I didn't feel kind of worthy to receive that. So I said to him, you, you might need to reconsider this. Because I didn't finish. Okay? And then he just kind of smiled and he says, you know, it's not being given because of academic excellence. It's being given because this uh, the professors, the theologians at this particular school, they, they recognize what you've done, what you've accomplished. And I was kind of stunned because as he left, I was thinking, God, what have I accomplished? I remember when someone assigned me to preach, I couldn't even preach. When I came to the pulpit and I looked at the people, I had I froze mentally. Okay? And because the Holy Spirit came upon me at that day, I was able to preach. So it's not because of my identity, it's because of what he did. And I remember watching a video of a teacher, uh, Bob Yadvin, and I said, wow, he makes spiritual subjects so simple and so clear. I, I wish I could do that. I didn't know how to teach. So I asked God, he thought, how to ask God in faith. So I put into practice what he thought. God, I asked in faith that you would give me this ability to teach so that, you know, I could help the people here. God did it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, concerning the convocation, yeah, they're giving me credit for that. I understand. If not for God, I wouldn't have been able to do that. The people I was working with suddenly withdrew. I don't know what to do at that moment. I thought for the last three months before the convocation, I would have to stay in the middle just to make sure this thing gets done. But then the youth 
of that church says, Bishop, we'll help you. You just tell us this and we'll come up with something. God did that. Okay? And then need to fill this. Otherwise, you have a dish two million. If you don't fill this, well, you got filled by God. You understand what I'm saying? When we got there, we had uh, the one who was there says, you know, we have this amount we need to pay. It's six figures. Where are we going to get the money? We're going to trust God. God paid for it. Are you getting this? In other words, what can I claim credit for? Nothing. What achievement? Nothing. God provided the resources. God came up with the people. God opened the door. I mean, that place, that was the only place that was open at that particular time, and it was more affordable than the others, because the others, it's like eight to 10,000 per person. And that is the only one who was willing to bring it down a little bit to us. And you know what? We've talked to them before. Because I, in, in 2018, I wanted to have a clergy conference there. But when they said, well, we do the maths, uh, we're kind of against that. And they didn't give it to us. And so now we're coming up with a convocation, and that's the only place. And we talked to them. Somehow, God changed their hearts. Okay, you can do the maths here. It's okay. No problem. I have no control over people's hearts. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's only God who can do it. The heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord, and he directs it wheresoever he desires. And he moved them to open that place for us. And I'm thinking, God, there's nothing I did that I could say I did it on my own. And yet you're giving me this. And he just gave me the scripture. He who honors me, I will honor. You understand what I'm saying? But if someone talks to me, calls me, talk to me, God will give me the glory. Amen. See, Last week we talked about perseverance. Today, God is saying when you approach God, approach Him with humility. It's not because of who you are, it's not because of how much you've given, it's not because of how many churches you brought up, it's not because of your works that you're accepted in the presence of God. You are accepted in the presence of God because Jesus Christ opened up the way with His blood and because our Father loves you, He loves to talk to you, He loves to hear your voice, He loves to be in your presence. And when you come to him, come with humility, not with a sense of entitlement. And when you come with a sense of humility, all of heaven opens. Amen. How do you want to say that?